What's going on guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to a brand new episode of Caffeinate today for February the 12th of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. For those that are brand new to the program, this is a daily gaming news podcast where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry. And today, as I do my around the industry finger twirl, I have a band-aid on my finger. I cut myself opening a box, uh, but that's the least of my worries as of right now. Uh, and of course, my worries in general are much less than those of the hundreds of Activision employees that have been laid off, and that is Activision Blizzard coming from both companies. So. Bad news coming out of the industry today. Uh, but before we jump into our headline story, this show is hosted five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams. And then, of course, it is brought over to YouTube and podcast services around the world if you do enjoy getting your daily dose of gaming news. Uh, but with that being said, again, we are going to be covering today the Activision Blizzard layoffs. On top of that, Rockstar's 20-year VP of development has quit, which is an interesting story in and of itself. On top of that, there is a Nintendo Direct uh, scheduled for tomorrow, one that has been hotly anticipated for about a month now, really. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do show off tomorrow, which, of course, we'll talk about right here on tomorrow's episode. Now, Jim Ryan has taken over as president of Sony Interactive Entertainment from John Codera. Rocket League's cross-platform party system is coming on February the 19th. Sonic Mania developers have formed a brand new studio called Evening Star, a fantastic name, if I do say so myself. Speaking of names that aren't fantastic, Apex Legends is apparently getting some solos and duos, according to a leak, so we'll talk more about that. And... On top of that, of course, I'll let you guys know when you can get your hands on some controllers to play some free games or at least some cheap games, and we have a confirmation that a free open beta is going to be coming for The Division 2 between March 1st and the 4th on PC, PS4, and Xbox One, so I'll let you guys know all about that. But of course, to those watching live, including Nenny, welcome on in, and I hope you do enjoy today's show. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. First off, Activision Blizzard lays off hundreds of employees. Always bad news to hear about any kind of layoffs in general. So, publisher Activision Blizzard has begun its long-rumored layoff process, informing employees this afternoon that it will be cutting staff. On an earnings call this afternoon, the company said that it would be eliminating 8% of its staff. In 2018, Activision Blizzard had roughly 9,600 employees, which would mean nearly 800 people are now out of work. This afternoon, the mega publisher began notifying those who are being laid off across its various organizations, which include Activision, Blizzard, and King. On the earnings call, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick told investors that the company had once again achieved record results in 2018. That is a direct quote, but that the company would be consolidating and restructuring because of missed expectations for 2018 and lowered expectations for 2019. The company said it would be cutting mainly non-game development departments and bolstering its development staff for franchises like Call of Duty and Diablo. Development sources from across the industry told Kotaku this afternoon, that is today, Monday, February, or Tuesday, February the 12th, that the layoffs have affected Activision Publishing, Blizzard, King, and some of Activision Studios, including High Moon. At Blizzard, the layoffs appear to have affected non-game development departments, such as publishing and esports, both of which were expected to be hit hard. Quote, over the last few years, many of our non-development teams expanded to support various needs. Blizzard President J. Allen Brack said in a note to staff around 1 p.m. Pacific time that was obtained by Kotaku. Currently, staffing levels on some teams are out of proportion with our current release slate. This means we need to scale down some areas of our organization. 
I'm sorry to share that we will be parting ways with some of our colleagues in the U.S. today. In our regional offices, we anticipate similar evaluations subject to local requirements. The letter also promised, quote, a comprehensive severance package, continued health benefits, career coaching, and job placement assistance, as well as profit-sharing bonuses for the previous year to those who are being laid off at Blizzard. Blizzard employees received twice yearly bonuses based on how the company performed financially. There's no way to make this transition easy for impacted employees, but we are doing what we can to support our colleagues Brack Rope. The news follows months of rumors about layoffs at the publisher, which heated up early last week as word began to spread that hundreds of people across Activision Blizzard's various divisions might lose their jobs. Leading up to today, some of the publisher's employees had been coming to work with no clue as to what might happen. One person at Blizzard told me this morning that as employees arrived, they cried and exchanged hugs in the parking lot. Last fall, Kotaku reported that Blizzard's 2018 mandate had been to cut costs and to produce more games, and that as a result, layoffs would likely hit the company's support departments even as Blizzard continues to expand its development teams. Brack's email suggests the same. It's critical that we prioritize product development and grow the capacity of the teams working this work, or excuse me, doing this work to serve our player excuse me, to best serve our player community, he wrote. We also need to evolve operationally to provide the best support for new and existing products. Meanwhile, in a press release to investors this afternoon, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick wrote, quote, while our financial results for 2018 were the best in our history, we didn't realize our full potential. To help us reach our full potential, we have made a number of important leadership changes. These changes should enable us to achieve many of the opportunities our industry affords us, especially with our powerful owned franchises, our strong commercial capabilities, our direct digital connections to hundreds of millions of players, and our extraordinarily talented employees. And that is the end of the story as of right now. So again, roughly 800 people have been laid off from Activision as of today, and that is something that is absolutely massive. And as I said yesterday, whenever the rumors were really beginning to circulate, uh, best of luck to everybody that is impacted by this. I have seen Twitter uh, light up with a lot of people not only saying that they have lost their jobs, but also other people within the gaming industry uh, linking to you know job application posts, linking to an entire Google Doc full of hundreds of jobs that need to be filled within the gaming industry. And it's something uh, that is good to see because on Twitter there is a unification of sorts where nobody is really enjoying the process, it's just that people are genuinely helping people. Now, that, of course, that could be just the type of person that I follow or the group of people that I tend to keep up with, but it's good to see that there is some level of support uh, within the community. Now, with that being said, I have read the official email, and it does seem like Activision, in a rough situation, is doing what they can to make this process easy. Now, of course, laying off people because although you had the best year in your history, uh, you still want to continue to achieve more and more monetary results isn't necessarily uh, a friendly approach to how you treat your employees. But with severance packages, with continued health benefits, with career coaching, with you know job placement potential, uh, they are doing what they can to make this transition as easy as possible. Now, of course, in the community, there is a lot of discussion about corporate greed. Uh, there's a lot of discussion about the fact that there was a $15 million, I believe, uh, bonus given to the CFO, if I remember correctly, of Activision just a couple of weeks back. Again, you can fact check me on that, but that's pretty much what I remember. Regardless, millions of dollars worth of bonuses are going to the CEOs, and that's something that a lot of people have been focusing on uh, with this specific story. And to be quite honest with you, I understand where you're coming from with that, and I understand the issues behind that, but 
in that specific situation, that's just capitalism. That's the way that companies work in America and other kind of global. You know, it, it's one of those situations where that's a systemic issue, uh, something that is absolutely nationwide throughout industries, not just something uh, that is within the gaming industry. And that's something that needs to be worked uh, towards a change over time, not necessarily overnight. But that's a topic for another day. That's something that is much more deep than I would ever go on Caffeinate. Uh, when it comes down to it, though, people that work at Activision Blizzard have lost their jobs today. It's never a good time. Uh, whenever you do face this kind of issue in your life. So again, I hope everybody lands on their feet and finds out that maybe this was a blessing in disguise. You know, you never know uh, whenever something happens because a better opportunity is meant to come your way. So hopefully that's what happens with a lot of these people. But inevitably, there are going to be some people uh, where this is just a very difficult time, as any job loss ever is. So again, we will see what happens with Activision Blizzard and if this does in fact pay off for them in the long run. You know, are they going to be cutting 800 people and all of a sudden their profits absolutely increase exponentially? You never know. Probably. I mean, when you don't have to pay people, you tend to make more money. Greed, man. Again, more deep than I want to go. Now, with that being said, we do have Music Man in the chat that says, hopefully Bungie picks up some of the Destiny support staff that was laid off. That would be fantastic to see. And like I said, a lot of the companies within the industry are reaching out to people that have been impacted and offering positions and offering the potential for an application to be reviewed, stuff along those lines. Uh, but again, tons of stuff. Uh, out there for people that are not only interested in recovering from being laid off within the gaming industry or even from Activision, but also on top of that, people that want to get into the gaming industry. It's an ever-growing industry right now, and a lot of people have a lot of opportunities to get in on right now. So again, we'll see where everything goes, and I hope that everybody does well in the long run. But with that being said, Rockstar's 20-year vice president of development has quit the studio after, again, 20 years. That's a lot of time. Let's read about this. Rockstar Games Vice President of Product Development Geronimo Barrera, perhaps the coolest name ever featured on an episode of Cavanay, a man who helped make nearly every title in the story developer's 20-year history, is no longer with the studio. Barrera left Rockstar Games in mid-December, drawing to a close an inviable two-decade run that included work on every Rockstar-developed Grand Theft Auto, Bully, L.A. Noir, The Warriors, both Manhunters, and both Red Dead Redemptions, just to name a few. Barrera told Variety that with the five-year development of Red Dead Redemption 2 drawing to a close, he decided it was time to open a new chapter in his career. Quote, I pretty much left when it was done. It was a natural progression, he said. I looked at what I would be doing for the next few years if I stayed on and where I was in life with my family, my kids, my desire to make cool shit. I felt like it was all hitting all of the right points. Over his time at the studio, it grew from a small group of just five to the mammoth production house that includes more than 2,000 employees spread out across five studios in London and North America. My job entailed basically steering the ship in the right direction, he said. With a studio team that maxed out at 2,000 plus, just trying to keep the direction of all of this stuff heading in the right direction was pretty much my job. He also helped oversee the shift in development philosophy that turned five desperate studios into a single operating studio with five locations that worked together on single games. I thought it was the best decision ever to get everybody on board to centralize the technology in the pipelines, he said. It was a natural move, and we were making sure that we had all of our best efforts making the best game possible, not needing to reinvent the wheel every time. Despite sending more than two decades, excuse me, spending more than two decades in this industry working on massive award-winning titles, Barrera said he felt in some ways isolated from the rest of the game industry while at Rockstar. 
His visit to the Dice Summit in Las Vegas this week was a first in his career. He said it felt like coming out of a monastery and that it is scary and fun like being on a roller coaster. I'm not braggadocious, he said. I'm not going to try, or excuse me, I'm, there's a typo in the article, not me. I didn't understand, no, no, that's not me. I'm not going to try to hold a pulpit with anybody besides the people that are like-minded and want to do cool shit. I feel that there are those guys here and there are people who want to make this artistry progressive and I want to be one of those guys again. He said he's not entirely sure yet what he wants to do, but taking time to immerse himself in the discussion and talks of dice is a good start. I think we are in a dawn of the industry where there is a lot of cool shit happening in terms of technology, not just in the console world, but with how games are published, the technology out there. I think that virtually, or excuse me, I think virtual reality and augmented reality are amazing things. We're in the baby steps of that stuff. If I had stayed a rock star, it would have been more GTAs, more Red Dead Redemptions, and less of this other stuff going on out there right now. He added that while Rockstar could do anything they want to, it's invigorating to know that in the current state of game development and technology, that anyone could put together a small team nowadays and make something very impressive in less time. I didn't know that existed in a weird way, he said. I'm up on the trends and know what's going on out there, but it's fascinating to know that whether I'm going to put together a team or consult, now there are those tools out there that help me achieve that without ever having the burden of thousands of people. And so he goes on to say more about Grand Theft Auto V, all of that good stuff. Uh, a lot going on here. But with that being said, Rockstar's 20-year vice president of development has officially left the studio. Could this mark the beginning of a different direction for Rockstar? I don't necessarily think so. I believe that with Rockstar's direction right now, uh, the next five years, as he actually admits, are pretty much planned out. You know, you get to see what the studio is going to be doing over the course of the next, I would say, roughly at least five years, maybe even a decade. Again, as he says, more Grand Theft Autos, more Red Dead Redemptions, more stuff along those lines. Could you be getting a couple of experimental titles here and there, perhaps, uh, but overwhelmingly, Rockstar does a specific set of things very well, and of course, Grand Theft Auto works, Red Dead Redemption 2 works, and 3 and 4 and 5, etc. You get what I'm saying here. They have a specific niche that they have filled, and they have a specific skill set that really does satisfy a specific part of the gaming community, and so why change it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, as Grandma used to say. Uh, so, if you were curious as to what was going on behind the scenes at Rockstar, some of the biggest people are beginning to kind of shift around. So, we'll see what happens with this. But again, Rockstar's 20-year vice president of development has officially quit the studio. Now, moving on to some good news, we're finally going to be getting a Nintendo Direct tomorrow. Nintendo Direct presentation will be taking place tomorrow. Again, that is February the 13th of 2019. What do you want to see? Following recent rumors, Nintendo has confirmed they will be holding their first mainline Nintendo Direct presentation of 2019 tomorrow, February the 13th, and the live stream is said to begin at 2 o'clock Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and that is another time BST, 10 o'clock, okay. Again, 5 Eastern Time and, and 2 Pacific Time. Uh, the new live stream promises around 35 minutes of news, previews, and announcements, no doubt cluing us all in to many of the year's biggest releases. Nintendo has confirmed it will include details on the upcoming Fire Emblem Three Houses, currently in development for the Nintendo Switch. 
What else are you hoping for? You can always tune in tomorrow with the guys at Kotaku or with the Nintendo community in general on YouTube, on Twitch, wherever you might be checking out the show and figure out what is next for Nintendo. Uh, and so it's very exciting stuff here. Again, you might be seeing, as we see Nini talking about in the chat, uh, the revealing of some new Smash Bros. characters. That's something that is incredibly likely. Uh, more indies. Uh, tons of stuff just coming out of Nintendo in general. But, um, of course, this follows pretty much a year, or, or not a year, Whoa, let's back it up. About a month of tension where there was supposed to be some kind of January Nintendo Direct just because that's what's always happened and it was absent for the entire month of January, which was a little bit shocking to people. Uh, so as time went on, everybody was like, what's going on? You know, where's the Nintendo Direct for January? And so now we're going to be getting one in February, uh, which is sure to be pretty beefy. You know, when it comes to Nintendo Directs, it's probably going to be a pretty thick episode. Uh, so without a doubt, if you are a fan of Nintendo, if you are a fan of the Nintendo Switch or even the 3DS, you might want to tune in and check out what is going on with the company over there at, again, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the official Nintendo outlets, or you can always just do what I do and follow them on Twitter and get all the announcements all bundled together over the course of a roughly hour-long time span where you can just scroll down and see what you care about. But with that being said, we always have the coverage over here on Cavanate. So tomorrow I'll have a, a little rundown, a bullet point list, if you will, of what has gone on in the Nintendo Direct for us to go over and discuss. And of course, as Nenny does say, new Animal Crossing will without a doubt be getting some kind of mention. So hey, it's exciting for those villagers out there. It's exciting for you little villager people. Is that something that they say in Animal Crossing? I've never played the game. I, I, I shoot things and I, and I solve puzzles. That, that's what I do with my gaming time. So, again, Nintendo, that's you. That's all you, baby. Well, we'll still talk about it, but it's all you, baby. Now, with that being said, Jim Ryan has taken over as president of Sony Interactive Entertainment. In a somewhat abrupt piece of news, Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced that Jim Ryan will be taking over for John Codera as president and CEO of SIE. Codera, who was appointed to the position after Andrew House left in October 2017, has been serving as the SIE leader for slightly over a year and will be exchanging positions with Ryan to focus on more of the user and network experience areas. Ryan has been at Sony since 1994 and long been a fixture and Sony Computer Entertainment Europe. For the last year, Ryan has been Codera's deputy president at SIE, but now appears to be taking the full rollover. In 2017, Ryan dismissed the idea of backwards compatibility for PlayStation consoles, telling Time, quote, When we've dabbled with backwards compatibility, I can say it is one of those features that is much requested, but not actually used much. Ryan added that, And I was at a Gran Turismo event recently, where they had a PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4 games, and the PS1 and PS2 games, they looked ancient. Like, why would anybody play this? Ryan will take over as president and CEO starting April the 1st. I love the fact that the author over here at Game Informer threw the dude under the bus by using a direct quote. Now, with that being said, I'm sure that times have changed as Xbox Game Pass and, of course, Xbox backwards compatibility have begun to grow. And as it has been proven, hey, people do want older games available on newer consoles. But with that being said, you got to respect the, the low-key shade being thrown there. Uh, so there isn't much depth to this one. I mean, Jim Ryan taking over from deputy president to becoming the actual president of Sony Interactive Entertainment. Not something that's shocking, uh, but again... A movement within the upper ranks of Sony. So, hey, could change the way PlayStation is handled going forward. We'll see what happens with that. But with Sony Interactive Entertainment, now it has a new captain at the helm. Cool stuff. 
Moving on, we have some news about Rocket League's cross-platform party system because now it arrives February the 19th, just a couple of days away. Players across PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC can all team up as of next week. Rocket League is one of a few select games to offer full cross-platform play after Sony loosened up some of its restrictions. While PS4 players have been able to take on rivals on PC for some time, and since last month, those on Switch and Xbox One, gamers haven't had an easy way to partner up with their buddies on other platforms. That is about to change on February 19th when the Friends List party system arrives. The Friends List has four tabs. The first displays your friends playing on the same platform. The second includes your buddies playing on different systems. The other tabs are for recent players and notifications, including those all-important party invites, and you'll also see invites for clubs, which now also work across platforms. That's fantastic. To add a friend, you'll need to know their Rocket ID, which combines their username with a four-digit number. This is automatically assigned, though you can change your Rocket ID username from an option at the bottom of the list. The number will stay the same. Sionic said in October it was delaying its Rocket ID system until this year to make sure it was compatible with PS4. After Sony gave the thumbs up for cross-platform play, Rocket League players now only need to wait one more week until they can form their elite car soccer teams with their pals on other platforms. Now, of course, there are other things in this week's update, but on top of that, you have Competitive Season 9, a lot of good stuff coming out for friends of Rocket League and fans of Rocket League, if you will. And so with that being said, cool to see cross-platform play beginning to really kind of make its way out. Now, there has been some discussion about some comments that Sean Layden made, and we talked about a uh, an interview that he had a couple of days back on yesterday's episode of Caffeinate, where in that interview, he said that cross-platform play was now open for business on the PlayStation platform. But developers have said that's not necessarily the case. It does seem to be open, but at the same time, it's not as open as it needs to be to encourage people to come and, and put their games via cross-platform play on the PlayStation 4. Uh, in other words, some people are being shot down while they are proclaiming to be open for business and available for cross-platform teaming up. Uh, but, again... That's something that's much more in-depth. That's a back-end PlayStation thing. For fans of Rocket League, this has been a very long time coming and something that is awesome to see without a doubt. Uh, now, of course, will this have some issues on day one? Perhaps, perhaps. But the system itself is a fantastic idea and a, and a fantastic implementation of cross-platform play where you do have a kind of Battle.net style setup where there is a string of numbers attached to, to your username, meaning that there's just a lot of compatibility there across platforms, and it's a really, really great way to do things. Uh, so, can these people communicate via the in-game chat? Absolutely, I would assume. Uh, but if these all are elements of the cross-platform play, I see no reason to not be excited about this new feature. So if you're a fan of Rocket League and you want to play with your friends on Xbox One, PS4, PC, or the Nintendo Switch, you can dive in on February the 19th and finally team up. I never would have expected this 10 years ago. Just thinking about where we were, I had a PlayStation 3 and I wanted to play with my friends on Xbox 360, so I sold my PlayStation 3, realized the mistake that was, and now I was stuck with an Xbox 360. The fact that people don't necessarily have to deal with that these days is awesome. It's assuming you play Fortnite and Rocket League exclusively, but still, it's awesome. Uh, but moving on to a new story, Sonic Mania developers form a brand new studio called Evening Star. This could be good. 
Sonic Mania and its follow-up re-release, Sonic Mania Plus, are considered the high-water marks of the Sonic the Hedgehog series in the last few years. The classic formula was brought back to life by members of the Sonic community who had tinkered with the formula for years on their own before becoming professional developers, and it seems that ad hoc team has started their own studio to work on what's next. Called Evening Star, the new studio is based in Los Angeles with the presence in Melbourne and London, features on a number of talented names from Sonic Mania's development. Executive producer Dave Padilla serves as Evening Star's CEO. Christian Whitehead is the creative director and lead engine architect. Tom Fry is the art director. Hunter Bridges is the technical and audio director. And Brad Flick is the design director. The description on the studio's website indicates that they plan to develop in a more freeform manner and letting people work on what they're most interested in and doing and seeing where it leads. For Evening Star, being a boutique game studio has a specific meaning. Every member pursues a goal to make their own great games. By encouraging strong technical foundations in every discipline, members are given a voice and latitude to impact games in unique ways. By reinvigorating gaming's history, excuse me, gaming history's more cunning techniques, the team boldly explores directions long since left behind. With that driving approach, a proprietary game engine and tool set, Evening Star has developed an innovative workflow which minimizes the barriers between ideas and execution. And it is, as the author says, going to be very interesting to see what this studio produces. And of course, according to this description, it looks like they are again pursuing these long since left behind uh, methods of development, which means we could be seeing some fantastic retro style experiences uh, that have been seeing a resurgence over the course of the past few years. Of course, think about stuff like Tom Hap's Axiom Verge, a game that is currently free on the Epic Games Store, uh, but that's an example of a way that a brand new Metroidvania can come out, uh, and it's a game that very well could have launched in the middle of of the 1980s and going into the 1990s, well, I suppose late, late, mid to late 1990s, we'll call it that. It's a game that could have come out generations ago, but it's still just as good and just as widely adopted today. Uh, and that's something that is absolutely fantastic to see. And it's something that I think is going to continue to propel uh, not only the gaming industry forward, but also how it is viewed as an art form forward. Uh, because whenever you sit down and play stuff like Sonic Mania, it is amazing. It's fantastic. It's something that is revolutionary, uh, really, whenever you sit down and think about the fact that it's a brand new Sonic game that is just as fun as a classic Sonic game from way, way back in the day. Uh, so hopefully this new studio is going to be doing some amazing stuff. Keep an eye out for them. Evening Star full of some pretty talented individuals. Now, going back to the, the comment where I said 10 years ago I had a PS3, Music Man in the chat says, 10 years ago you were six. Listen, listen. 10 years ago, I was, I was just, I was 11. I was almost coming, I, I was almost 12. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, not that young. Just kidding. Uh, but moving on to the next story of the day, of course, Apex Legends has taken the gaming industry by storm. Content creators across the industry have been playing the game nonstop. It has absolutely destroyed Fortnite when it comes to concurrent viewership as of right now on Twitch. As a matter of fact, about 30 minutes ago, I was looking at the front page of Twitch and lo and behold, it had 657,000 concurrent viewers versus Twitch's 178,000. That's a lot of people watching this specific game. Now, with that being said, one of the biggest things the game lacks is a, an alternate way to play because traditionally uh, there has been solos, duos, and squads of four within any kind of battle royale game. Now, with Apex Legends, it launched with one version of a mode, and that was a three-man squad. Now, 
it seems that solos and duos are going to be coming according to a latest leak. A new data mine suggests solos and duos modes could be coming to Apex Legends. Ever since Legends came out, checks notes one week ago, that's right, one week ago, fans of Respawn's free-to-play battle royale game have been vocally demanding for the inclusion of solos and duos modes to complement the single three-player squad-based match type available in the multiplayer title. While the Titanfall 2 studio has remained mostly silent on the matter, new efforts from data miners, people who comb through the game's internal files for clues about possible updates, have potentially revealed plans for both solos and duos modes to arrive to Apex Legends sometime in the future. This news comes by way of Fortnite data miner Sheena BR, Sheena, Sheena BR, sure why not, uh, who posted their findings online over the weekend, showing Apex Legends files making reference to a solo mode and two-man squad mode, though it mentions little else about a possible release date or a official announcement from Respawn itself. Uh, and so again, here is a screenshot of the leak, but essentially it says exactly what the article repeated. Now, last week, data miners also uncovered signs of a possible ranked mode on the way for Apex Legends, which could presumably work in a similar fashion to the competitive leagues we see in games like Overwatch and Rainbow Six Siege, where, of course, you play a couple of rounds, you get ranked, and then you climb the ranks as a season progresses. Now, the guys over at Games Radar have reached out to Electronic Arts for comment on the potential leak and have not updated the story as of yet to say if anything was found out. Uh, but essentially, right now, I would love to see solos and duos come because, as I said in a video a couple of days back, um, I am a mainly solo player. I don't necessarily like playing in squads, but with that being said, uh, Apex Legends has done such an effective job of allowing team communication without me actually having to communicate to where instead of it being in uh, kind of a, a, a hang-up in a way for me to play with a other group of people, I can just use that as part of a more in-depth kind of gaming experience that I get from Apex Legends, and so I don't really mind playing with other people. Now, with that being said, I would still love to see a solos and duos mode come, uh, because if I'm not playing alone, I normally have one person, because I have one friend. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I would love to see these come, because, of course, solos are foundational for many people in the gaming community, because a lot of people just like to sit down after a long day of work and not talk to anybody, take their pants off, and play a video game, and that's what I like to do. Uh, so, could these modes be coming as soon as next week? Very much so. Could they be coming six months down the road? Maybe. We don't really know. But it's good to see that they very well could be coming. That's how you listen to the community, man. That's nice. Now, moving on to the next story of the day, the final story of the day. If you did want to get your hands on The Division 2 before the game actually launches, congratulations, because there is a brand new open beta coming between March 1st and the 4th on PC, PS4, and the Xbox One. The Division 2 open beta has been confirmed and dated. In fact, you could call it the Division 2 second open beta, or open beta 2 the Division 2, because it's the second one. Uh, Ubisoft announced today the Division 2 open beta will run March 1st through the 4th on PC, PS4, and the Xbox One. News of the open beta was mentioned on a live stream recently, but there was never anything actually confirmed. However, now we know. Details on the contents will be released soon, the firm promised, uh, but it is likely to include content the Division 2 private beta players enjoyed last weekend, which of course you can catch up on via many videos, many streams, all of that good stuff. People enjoyed it. It didn't make waves because Apex Legends was really the big forefront of what people were paying attention to over the course of the past week and a half, but again, I didn't hear anything bad about it inherently, so that's a good sign. Uh, so, of course, you can always look over various comms, echoes, and artifacts guides that they have over on VG247, but the game itself comes out just a couple of days later on March 15th for, again, PS4, Xbox One, and the PC. 
So if you did want to dive in and check out what they are bringing to the table with the Division 2, then again, the open beta is coming March 1st through the 4th. And it could be a very good time. Could be awful. Uh, but with The Division 2, it's a game that I'm excited for, but I know it's not one that I'm going to be buying on day one, and I might not even play it in general, uh, just because there are so many games coming out, and The Division 2 is such a looter-shooter grind fest, and that's not necessarily something that really caters to the kind of gamer that I am. So I'll be watching this one. I'll be tuning in on Twitch. I'll be tuning in on Mixer, all that good stuff, to check out people that play the game. But will I be diving in even on the open beta? Maybe to get a feel for the game and to be able to give a couple of comments on how the game runs, etc. But to play it, again, I'll leave that to the pros. And maybe even you. You could be a pro if you try hard enough. Uh, but with that being said, that wraps up today's episode of Caffeinate. If you did enjoy today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below if you are watching on YouTube. If you're hanging out live in the chat, I appreciate you very much for being here, and I do hope you enjoyed today's show. But of course, it is always available via podcast services around the world or... You can always watch live five nights a week at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams. But as for right now, today's my mom's birthday, so we're going to go celebrate. I'm going to eat some steak and give some gifts. But until then, you guys have a fantastic rest of the night. I'll talk to you soon and peace.